Amen? But, but God's definition of the family is not idle. Amen? So here's what the family is according to Bible definition. The family is the functional or is the foundational institution of society ordained by God. That is, without the family, the society has no foundation. Amen? Without the family, there's no foundation for anything. My key text is going to be Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 to 25. Amen? That will be the text. But, but, but uh, before we go to our text, we say that family is ordained by God. Amen? A family is constituted by marriage and is composed of persons related to one another by marriage, blood, adoption, or association. Amen? And so we, we, we are a family here by association. We call ourselves the church family. We come and associate together. Hallelujah. So, 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 so here is key. It says the family is constituted by marriage. And it's composed of persons related to one another by marriage, blood, or adoption. Now, if we, if we go to Genesis, we see the definition. We see God defining family when he created family. Amen? We'll come back to Matthew, but Genesis 2, 20 to 25. That's the definition of a family that, that we see in that passage. Amen? It says... So, Adam, twenty. It says, so Adam gave names to all cattle, to the birds of the air, and to every beast of the field. Names to all cattle. That's plural. To the birds. So that means there were more than one bird. Amen. Of the air and to every beast in the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. Amen? So what God did. So there was no one like animal names. So the, 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 the animals, the birds, and the cattle, the beasts in the field, they, 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 they had companion. If you look at that passage, they, were, they had companion comparable to them. But Adam was the only one that was different amongst them. And so God, in verse 21, it says, the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in his place. Then the rib which the Lord had taken from man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. Verse 23. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. So God makes a companion for Adam, just as the birds had companion, just as the cattle had companion, just as the beast had companion. He made a companion because his intention was for a family. Hallelujah. And then what he did there, I told you the definition of marriage is that Marriage is, uh, I mean, the family is constituted by marriage. So he instituted marriage. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined. So that's marriage there. So we see God makes a companion. Now, he, he didn't make man. 
He didn't make another man. He made a woman out of man. Amen? God's intent, God's idea was the family that should be two opposite sex and not the same sex. Hallelujah. So he instituted marriage. Now, the one question I want to ask us, why we believers, and I'm going to put a statistics on the board next. Why we believers, we don't live by what we, we preach. We don't live by the scripture. Amen? Many of us Christians, we start family with our, with our marriage. Amen? God's idea was that the family should come out of marriage, of a man and a woman, and children or other persons. Amen? Now, but you have people the statistics on the board. I got two statistics. The first one, uh, this, is, this one is from, they are all credible sources, right? And this is the statistics of single parent home. Now, marriage was God's idea. God, if, he, if his intent for marriage was to be a single parent, he wasn't going to create a woman. Amen? If we look at the scripture, he created woman. There was no companion for Adam. So he made another woman with the intention of starting a family. Not a single family home. Amen? So this statistics in America is the single parent home in America. Amen? So uh, you may not be seeing it clear. You may not be seeing it clear. But what it says is that among the Asians in America, the number, the percentage of single parent families by race in America, right? So, in us, Asians, amongst Asians, Asians, 20% of Asians live in a single parent home. Amen? 20%. Now, we come to blacks. We, the African, the black and the American, 66% of blacks live in a single parent home. How many percent? 66%. Then we go to Latino or Hispanic. 42% of Hispanic live in a single family home. Then we go to whites, 23%. Amen? So if you look at the number, it's very high, and especially amongst the blacks. I know there are other societal factors that contribute to, to, to the black being so high. Hallelujah. But, but, but there's a high number of percentage of us Christians that live against God's idea. Because his idea is that the womb should consist of a father, a mother. I was also curious to look for us as Christians. So people the next one about the joy, the Christians. God said, we, don't, we, we come to church, we hear the gospel, but we even know what God wants us to do. Christians. Amen. So look at the percentage, the Christians, right? In the Christian home, or, or, or but please, please put it up a little bit, Brother Joel. I want everything to be okay. So in two parents' home, the first one, and this is from the Pew Research Institute, a very credible source. Christians, 52% of Christians live in two-parent home. Children, rather, live in the two-parent. I mean, the father, the mother is there. That's a little bit good, right? The extended family is 32. So the two-parent and the extended family is good, right? Because we have grandparents and other people 
Adam make the extended family. So Christians, 52% in two-parent home, extended family, 32%. Look at single-parent home. Look, look there, Christian is the hardest in a single-parent home. And then if you look at the polygamous home, Christian tap the unbeliever, Christian tap the Hindus, Christian tap the Buddhists in a polygamous relationship. Amen. Look at the Muslims. So the Muslims are doing better than us Christians. The Muslims, technically, according to that research, the Muslims are living God's idea more than we the Christians when it comes to the two family home, I mean the two-parent home. They also do better in the extended family home than Christians. They do better in single-parent home than Christians. What the Bible says about Christians, we are the light of the world. Right? The family is God's idea. We tap the unbeliever. They want the people they put out unaffiliated. They, they, they don't know. They don't, they're Christian and Muslim. So, <laughs> they tap us. They tap us. The people who don't come to church. Are we wasting our time to come to church? The people who don't know God, who don't come to church, they understand God's idea more than us who are Christians. About the family. They live better than the family. They, they're in a single home. They do it. They, 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 they are below. We tap. We tap the impolygamous relationship. We Christians. So you can do the rest of the numbers. Amen? It means that Christians, we are, we, we're supposed to live God's idea. We are called to understand God's idea, but we do not understand it. We do not live God's idea at all. Hallelujah. It is important. This is why Jesus said, in Matthew chapter 7, he said, Therefore, whoever hears these teachings of mine endorse them, he said, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock, and the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on the house, and it did not fall because it was founded on the rock. Hallelujah. Christians, the family, God's teaching about the family is the foundation on which we should build our family. We should build, we, should, we, we as Christians, the, the, the Bible teaches us so many good things that we need to indoctrinate into ourselves, into our family to have a strong foundation. Hallelujah. We need to live God's idea and not man's idea. Hallelujah. Many of us, we, we, we are living man's idea. And God wants us to follow his instructions. What is the purpose? I, I, I'm going to go quickly and, and just give us two, two or three purposes of God intent for the family. The first purpose of God for the family, the first intent that God has for the family, the family should be a place of support and strength. A place of our support and strength. The family. In the family, there are three major kinds of support. Right? Spiritual support, economic support, and social support. In a place that we go to get strength. Now, when, when, when I was in Liberia, much smaller, we used to go in the bush to hunt opossum or ground squirrel. Amen. That's why, please put the next passage, Matthew uh, uh, chapter 8, verse 19 and 20 on the board. Amen? We used to go hunt opossum. And one thing I noticed always, the opossum, they always had a hold. 
So when you encounter them, the first thing to think about to run to the hole. Amen. Jesus was teaching, and a scribe asked him. He said to him, teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And then this was Jesus' reply. He, Jesus said to him, foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nets. But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Now, as I was saying, the, 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 the grand scholar will run to the hole. The birds that fly in the air, when they encounter storm, they build the nets. In the time of trouble, in the time of storm, they run to the nets. Now, this is what it is, right? The family is a place of strength, support, and protection. Now, the reason this, the, the foxes go to the hole is because they go there to gain strength. It's in the hole they have defense when they come on an attack. Hallelujah. Because we consider it as the family, they get strength in the family. Others come around them, surround them, and they can build a defense to withstand the attack that they are faced with. The birds of the air, they have nets. So when storm comes, they run to the nets because in the nets, they get protection. They gain strength to overcome. Listen, the family should be a place where we run to for strength is what we run to for protection when we come under attack. Hallelujah. This is why uh, Bishop T.D. Jake said, uh, he said is that every family is dysfunctional in some ways. And I agree with it. There's no family that has no issues. Every family has some dysfunction. He also said, that every family has secrets. And some of those secrets are dangerous to be told. Amen. You can't talk some of the family secret. <laughs> Hallelujah. You can't say some of the family secret. Because some of them can destroy the family. Some of them can destroy you. Hallelujah. Now we know we're in a society where social media is all around. People discuss their family issues on social media. Uh, sometimes people don't have any secrets anymore. They discuss everything out there. Amen? But there are secrets of the family that need to be kept because when you release the secret, it can destroy your family. Hallelujah. There's also something that's very important about the family. You cannot fix everything in your family. Amen? You cannot fix all the dysfunction in your family. You cannot fix everything about your husband. You cannot fix everything about your wife. You cannot fix everything about your children. There are times you need backup. Amen? Now, in the military, when, when the army is fighting and the, the war, they don't see their way out, they call for backup. The police, when they pull you over sometimes and they're not, they're not too sure, they call for backup. They don't engage you. They wait for backup before they engage. Listen, you can't change everything about your family. You know, we need, we need to call God and back up some things to God. There are some things that God will fix. You've been praying all year long. You've been fasting all year long. And you still cannot change that. Listen, there's no family without a dysfunction. Give it to God. 
But a family is there to still support one another. When we need strength, we run to the family. When we need encouragement, we run to where? To the family. Proverbs 27, 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Amen? We are there to sharpen one another. Another thing about the family, another idea of God about the family is that the family is a shelter in times of storm. The family is what is shelter in times of storms. Hallelujah. When, 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 when things go wrong, when things, we don't understand the way things are happening, the family should be a shelter from storms because storm hits everybody. Storms hit everyone. There are times in our life we have difficult days. There are times we go through, through things that, that they seem to be wrong. Everything seems not to be working. Amen? There are times we go through stormy days and we don't know our way out. The family, God's intent for the family is to give us protection when we go through those times. A shelter is a place of protection. Hallelujah. So we run to our shelter. This is what Proverbs says. Proverbs 14, 26. It says, reference for God gives a man deep strength. Reference for God gives a man deep strength. His children have a place of refuge and security. The family. When we reference God, when the family reference God, we receive strength and our children are secure. They have refuge in us. The home should be a place of refuge and security for, for the storms of life. Now, I've come to understand that every family will go through three kinds of storms, no matter what. There are three kinds of storms that every family goes through. The first storm is the storm of change. Hallelujah. Change is always happening. Change is happening day and day, night by night. We're going through a time of change. Amen. And, 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 and this storm is blowing even stronger than ever before. Look at us today. We're in a world. COVID-19 has changed the way we live. There are, there are, there are, there are changes in people of um, 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 marital status. Some change from single to married. That's good. Praise God. Some change from, from, from married to widow. Some change from married to divorce. Amen. Some of us, our health condition is changing day by day. Some of us, that honeymoon stage, we change and go into the real marriage. There are different kinds of changes that are taking place. Some from no children to children. And the children from the diaper stage, they move on to different states, adolescent, it goes on and on. Listen, the family is a place where we, we, we strengthen one another in that time of change. Because the change will not always be good kind of change. Hallelujah. We're in a society where things are rapidly changing around us. Rapidly changing. People's desires are changing. Uh, people, people's lives are changing. We need a place of stability in an age of change. We need someone when we go through difficult times, when we go through struggling times, that that person will put their hands on our shoulder and say, you know what? We can make this through together. We are stronger together. Amen. We need families because change is happening. The church is a family. And we should be there 
to stand with one another when this wind of change happens. Hallelujah. There's another failure, I mean, there's another storm that every family goes through is the storms of failures. Sometimes we may not like it. We, we can be sometimes we can be so spiritual that we will not feel, yes, you know, at the end of the day, we are winners. Amen. But there are times we go through failures. There are times you pray for things. In fact, the thing you pray not to happen, that will happen. There are times you pray and trust God for healing, but you don't receive that healing the way you wanted it. Amen. There are times you fail the test. There are times you be on the job and you have trusted God for promotion, but when promotion came, they pass over you. There are many situations we come across in a family that, that is, it, it, it's, it's just a place where we don't get what we wanted. Hallelujah. But the family is always there to strengthen us in the times of failure. Hallelujah. You know why? It's very easy to overcome when you have the family around. When you go through failure, the family encourages you. The family uh, strengthens you. This is what Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 and 10 says. Amen? Ecclesiastes 4, 9 and 10. It says here that two people are better off than one. For they can help each other to succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in all trouble because there will be no one to help. God's intent for the family is for us to lift one another up when the family member falls. Hallelujah. When today the family is breaking people apart. Today, the, the, the family is tearing one another apart. Listen, the birds run to the nets when, when they come through storms. Now, the nets is made out of broken branches. The broken branches is put together to make a net. And the bird goes to that net when it's in trouble for refuge. Let me tell you this. The family is made out of broken people. But when broken people unite... When broken people put their forces together, when broken people come together, we build our strength. Hallelujah. We should, there will always be broken people in your families. But we should use the brokenness to build one another up. Hallelujah. We all can mess up. There's no one who can say, I have not messed up before. Listen, the family is there to lift you up when you fall. The family is there to encourage you when you mess up. Some of us, we're throwing our people, we're throwing them out. You know, they have a parable when, they, when the husband says, the, the street won't buy you, right? Many of us are selling our families. In the church, we're selling the church family out to the enemy. And so that's why we're not winning the way we ought to win. Because we're not holding together. Hallelujah. The Bible says a house divided against itself cannot stand. Some of us, the reason we can succeed, the reason we struggle because we are divided. The family is meant to be united. When the storm comes, we hold together. When the wind comes, we hold together. When situation comes, we hold together in unity. Because when we are united, we're stronger. Hallelujah. Listen, the fam there's another, there's another a storm. Storm, the last one that the family will go through, no matter what, is the realm of rejection. There are sometimes we feel rejected. 
There are sometimes we are rejected. There are sometimes the young people, you, you, you wanted to be on the team, but you, you couldn't make it on the team. Amen. You feel rejected because you didn't have, you couldn't make it on the team. There are times, man, some, you, you really wanted that girl, or you wanted that boy. You love him so much in your boyfriend, a girlfriend relationship, but broke up had to happen. Amen. It's a place of rejection. But let me tell you this rejection is God's way of protecting us. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, rejection is God's protection for us. Because the family will always be there. When your son comes to you, you know, the children nowadays, right? They always, they can be young, they find their girlfriend. <laughs> In that class, they, 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 they find their boyfriend or, or they, some, what kind of word? They, 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 they got crushed on someone, right? Amen. But, but let me tell you, maybe that relationship wasn't good for you. Maybe that thing wasn't good for you. And so God wanted to protect you, and you thought it was rejection. Hallelujah. But the family will always be there to protect us. The family will always be there to encourage us that God is protecting us. Let me tell you this about the family. The family is not a courthouse. Amen? The family is not a courthouse of judgment. The family is a hospital for sinners. Amen? The family is a hospital. Many of us, we're judging the family, we're judging our family members. Instead of us building them up. Instead of us healing them. Hallelujah. When we go to the hospital, we go there for healing. There are some times, no, beating will not solve that problem. Amen? There are some times... Or, 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 or speaking of, or turning up will not solve that problem. There's a time we need to import ourselves into them, try to develop our children. Amen. Amen. Sometimes, they, listen, the family can do some bad things. Sometimes the family member can do some bad things. When they do that bad stuff, we should not judge them. Amen. We should not build them up, encourage them, not, not support them in the bad thing. We can chastise them, but we develop them. Help them to overcome. Hallelujah. This is what Ecclesiastic 4.12 says. It says, A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. Amen. We hold together, the church family. You know what? To overcome the statistics that we just look at, to overcome it, we need to hold together. We need to build one another up, build up families. Encourage one another. There are storms, there are, there are, there are obstacles. The devil is a person we are hard pressed on every side. The family is hard pressed on every side. The devil is pressing the family because the devil knows that the family is God's idea. If we work in God's idea, we will succeed. So the devil is pressing us to steal, to kill, and to destroy the family. We need to hold together, pull one another up. Amen. The family, I will stop on this last one. The family is a guiding for growth. A place of growth. The church family, the home family is a guiding to grow. This is what David said in Psalms 144 verse 12. This is what David said. David, 
compared the fam, I mean, uh, uh, the sons to, to, to God. He said that our sons may be as plants growing up in their youth. Our sons may be the plants. Some other translations say our sons may flourish in their youth like natural plants. That our daughters may be as pillars sculptured in, in Palestine. The family we are, listen, God's plan is that in the family we should grow. The family should be a place, a guiding, where people are growing day by day, night by night. It should be a fertile garden that will grow men and women of God. It should be a fertile garden that will grow husbands and wives. The family should be a fertile garden that will grow people in their faith. The family should be a place that, that will grow children in their faith, in their love, and in their trust for God. Listen, I've, 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 I've experienced worship, right? But the place, the place most I ever enjoy worship was in amongst young people, not in the church, where the other people, in amongst young people. Where, where, where God used, listen, the Bible says, in Joel 2.28, God said, in the last days, I will put my spirit upon all flesh. The young, the young men will dream, the daughters will see vision. So listen, there is an anointing that has been released upon young people to do some great things, to do things special. I've been amongst young people where young people worship God I've never seen before. Nobody asks, listen, if we if we in God's presence and we worship him, you know, we don't nobody has no one has to even come here and call for offering. Young people taking out the shoes, taking out the washes, the presence of God, so strong. Today we we only care about ourselves. We're in the family. We are doing, we are we, we, we are doing great things in the church. We are in ministry, but it's only us and our wives. Where are, our, where are our children? We don't care about them. The family, listen, we should nurture our children. It's a place of growth. So you, if you're in ministry, nurture your children in ministry. Hallelujah. We have a church. Sometimes, listen, this church, this church, if, if I'm not here in church, no one should ever notice it. If if Brother Weir is not in church, no one should ever notice it. Because it's a place where we go. So there are people that step in our place when we're not there to take on the things we do. Hallelujah. Uh, the, the world is changing. The world is changing. In, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's, there's something called the Internet of Things. Uh, and the goal in, in 2024, about 50 billion things will be on the Internet. And the internet will expand. Now, today is just a minute portion of the internet we're receiving. And look at our children. Our children come to church, somebody get nothing. They're on their phones. In the back, they're just on their phones. And, and that's all. When the church needs people, when God needs people, we're supposed to be nurturing our children so that they can, they can take over from us when we're, not, when we're not there. Playing the instruments, doing things for God. It's not only us. Listen to what Jesus said. The Bible, I mean, not Jesus, uh, uh, this is why Luke 2.52 says, Luke 2.52, it says, and, and Jesus grew in wisdom, Luke 2.52, I'm sorry, Luke 2.52. It says, and Jesus grew in wisdom 
in stature and in favor with God and men. Jesus grew. Jesus increased in wisdom. Listen, Jesus, that wisdom was intellectual development. As Jesus, when Jesus was young, he grew in intellectual development. He was developed. He grew in stature. Stature is physical development. He developed physically. He grew in favor with God. He grew. It was spiritual development. Spiritually, he grew. He got closer to God. Even though he was God, he grew closer to God and grew in God. And then man, social development. He grew in favor with men. There are four things that are balanced that we need to teach our children. Amen? That we need to teach them. Listen, look, look, look. Uh, 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 I, I will soon come to close, but there's three points I want to run through quick before we close, right? When it comes to these three things, because today, many of us, we're after this. Wisdom. Many of us, we're after statue, and we're after favor with men, but we miss this one favor with God. We don't teach our children to grow spiritually. But we wanted to grow in wisdom. They should go to school and get all the best education. It's good. But listen, wisdom without God is nothing. Fear with men without fear with men or intellectual or social development without the spiritual growth is nothing. This is time that we as parents in this church, we need to nurture our children. The same ministry we will nurture them so that they grow. And, 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 and because, listen, let me tell you this. There are three values in the family. Relationship, character, and value. These three things are, are things that, 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 that happen in the family. It happens or takes place in the process of growth. Relationships. The way our children relate to others is how they see us relate to others. Hallelujah. There are some things we can teach them. We, 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 we may not teach them relationship. But they look at us because they are humans. They have the ability to learn from what they see. How, how is our relationship with others? How is our relationship with God? Hallelujah. Our children, they are watching us and they learn to relate to other people just as they see us do. The way our children see us treat ministry is how they will treat ministry. If they see us, if they see us for ministry, they will be serious for ministry. There's another thing, character in the family. Character is important, right? Character is caught more than being taught. It's caught more than what taught. Our children, again, we teach them with the words. Many times we want to teach them, we want to tell them all the good things about the scripture. Do they see it in us? Hallelujah. We can teach them everyone want to teach them. Listen, it's caught more than being taught. So they will see it in you and copy it. If we have a bad character, you can teach them all the good things, they will end up bad. Hallelujah. The values, the values. We learn, our children learn values. What value do we attach to our family? Amen. What value do we attach to ministry? What values? Listen, our children, they will see the value in us and they will learn it. A parent's goal is to pass on the baton of your values to your children. But many 
of us are dropping those values by the wayside. We say America, America, we're in an open society, we're in this, and we let society, don't allow society to teach your children. Don't allow the school, don't rely on the school to teach them. They will not, they, 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 the school wouldn't give them good values. The society wouldn't give them good values. Hallelujah. This is why, two more scriptures, and we'll close. This is what Psalm said. Psalm 145, verse 4. Important. Psalm 145, 4. It says here, let each generation, Psalm 1, Psalms 145, verse 4. 145. It says, let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. Declare to your children. Amen? We, we need to declare our values. Our value system. Declaring it to our children so that they can proclaim it. Listen. We are to pass our faith. We are to pass our values to the next generation. The, the many families today, as we said, they are failing on that path. They are allowing other things, other people to teach our children. Jesus, in, 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 in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 7, this is what the word of God said to us. This is what God's word said. Deuteronomy 6, 6 to 7. We shouldn't allow the schools to teach our children. You know what they will teach them? I, I was surprised my daughter, my, my, my daughter would come from school and, and tell me about gay. Amen? And tell me all kinds of things. Where do you heard it from, from school? The schools are indoctrinating our children. They are teaching them things that are our values as Christians. What are we doing? Are we just sitting there? They're on the internet all day. They're on the phones all day. They're on the tablet all day. Hallelujah. It's time that we change our attitude. We change our behavior. This is what the Bible says. He said you shall teach them, the children. Give them your value. Teach them diligently to your children. And shall talk of them when you sit in your house. When you walk by the way. When you lie down. And when you rise up, teach them diligently to your children. Your values. Hallelujah. Verse 7 says, uh, uh, verse, verse, verse 7, uh, I want to verse 6 first. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 6 says, okay, yeah, so in these words which I have commanded you today, shall be in your heart. This teaching, the thing we're talking about, the values of the family, God's intent for the family, we have to teach it. Hallelujah. How are we teaching it? Are we, are we teaching our children? What value about ministry? What value about our families? Amen. Some of us, we send our children to do things that, that we know is not right. But we allow them, we send them to do things for us. This is time. If the family must be strong, if the family must live God's way and not the worst way, if the church should make a difference, if the church should make a difference, it's time 
that we impart the commandments of God to our family. Hallelujah. It's time that we let go some things. That there are some things we need to unlearn. And there are some things we need to learn. Amen. We need to unlearn all the things that don't add value to us and learn new things. Get involved in ministry. Hallelujah. Get involved in ministry. Let the children get involved in ministry. When they are in ministry, there are some things you cannot change about your family, right? There are some other things you can't change about that, about your, about that child. But when they are in ministry, when they, when they start to grow, when they start to experience ministry, God himself, because of, of, because of their involvement in ministry, will make a big difference in their lives. The word of God will change them, not you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I want us to just stay on our feet and lift our voices to heaven. Father, we thank you for your word. Help us, oh God. I want us to just ask God to help us. I know all of us, if, if not you, the word was for me too. There are so many places I see myself. And, 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 my, and my prayer to God is God help me to, to, to lead a great family. Ask God to help you that will develop our children God's way. Just lift your families to God this, this, this time. Talk to him. You know your areas of weaknesses. Ask him for strength. The Bible says his grace is sufficient for us. His strength is made perfect in our weaknesses. Father, we pray this afternoon. Thank you for strength, oh God. We come to you as a family. We come to you as a church. We submit ourselves to you, God. We prostrate before you, Lord. Give us strength. Thank you for new graces, oh God. Thank you for strength. That, Lord, we will teach our children your statutes. That will teach our family to love you more, oh God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We give you praise, oh God. Thank you for your word. We bless you, Father. Father, give us strength, Lord. Every hand that is raised in your presence, may you impart, oh God. Help us to be better families, oh God. Help us, oh God, to, 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 to live your idea, not our own ideas. Your, your, your plan for the family that will live your plan, oh God, the way family to, to operate God that will live in that way and be light to others, oh God. We bless you, God. Give us strength. Thank you for healing. Thank you for deliverance, oh God. Thank you for, 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 for new levels, oh God. Thank you for turning some situations in our lives around. Thank you for turning situations in our Families around, oh God. Those ugly past, thank you for eliminating it in the mighty name of Jesus. Every play of the family, I mean, every play of the enemy against my family, against families in this church, oh God, may you revert it in the mighty name of Jesus. Every play of the enemy to destroy the family, to destroy my family, to destroy my children, oh God, arise. Arise, oh God, because when you arise, the enemies is scattered. Thank you, oh God. Arise on my behalf. Arise in this church, oh God. Thank you for strong families, Lord. Thank you for families that depend upon you, Lord. Families that will go through and, and will wait upon you until they receive their strength. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.